You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. And I still remember that. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. It was disgusting. <laughs> it happens sometimes. And... and <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Crypt Chopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you've been having a great week so far. I most certainly have been. Super stoked to announce that I have teamed up with Indie Merch Store for the official Vox and Hops merchandise store. You can go to my website, voxandhops.com, that's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com, slash merch, and you will be taken to my official store where there's a bunch of sick merch available. If you use the promo code VOXHOPS10, that's V-O-X-H-O-P-S-10, you will save 10% off of your entire purchase. Do it, people. This is a great way to help support the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I'm also asking you to tell a friend about the podcast. If you have a friend that enjoys metal and craft beer, well, suggest that they check out the podcast. That would be something that I would truly, truly appreciate. You can tell them that there are 280 episodes available on their favorite podcast platform for them to go and check out. Now, today's episode is a very special one. It was recorded during last week's Thirsty Thursday virtual hang. This is an episode with three of my oldest friends. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 281, Matt's Origin Story, part two. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am with three of my oldest friends. This is Matt origin story part two i did this last year for my birthday episode and uh i wanted to do it again this year but with the thirsty thursday gang so this episode is being recorded at a thirsty thursday virtual hang with the thirsty thursday gang i love doing these three friends uh basically three eras of my life uh We have Christopher Flint, who I met in kindergarten on the very first day of kindergarten. I don't know if he remembers that. I will ask him about that. We got Vincent Bradanucci, who I met in high school. He, uh, we went to our first shows together. We drank our first beers together. And then we got James Arsinian, the vocalist of Endast. Uh, We grew up in the Montreal metal scene in the early 2000s. Uh, James booked the very first big show that I played at Lext. I think it was called Big Metal Fest Two. We will talk about that as well. Let's dance straight into this. Let's start with Christopher Flint. Uh, Chris, we were two English kids in a French elementary school, so we, we became friends very quickly. There was a third one of us named Mike DeBonis. Shout out to Mike. I haven't seen him in 20 plus years. But uh, basically, we gravitated towards each other very quickly. Do you remember that first day of school? Because I do. <laughs> you do. I'm glad you, I I don't. So full disclosure, like this is uh, a lot of my early childhood is slowly. Uh, I don't know if anyone else's parents, but w- once you once you have kids, I find like the memory banks just start to like all of your earliest memories start to just get more and more fuzzy. So it's it's very uh, it's very strange. I, I remember, and I thought we had met before kindergarten. 
but <laughs> I guess, yeah, because I, I, and I do remember, um, uh, like you coming over to, over to my house, um, you know, us kind of playing at my house. Um, I do remember kindergarten though. I do remember us. I remember yeah, yourself, um, Mike DeBonis. I remember, uh, Francois Vio, yes. who also was, um, perfectly bilingual. So, you know, was able to converse perfectly in English with us. Um, I remember him. I remember us being, uh, in kindergarten, I remember us being split up because, we were talking too much English <laughs> together. You probably remember that as I well. I do. We got put um, in the corner. So, yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> <laughs> so so strange. But um, I to to say I remember the exact time that I met you. I'm afraid I I don't. It's um. But I, I'd love to hear. Um, I'd love to hear your recollection of it. I remember sitting in a circle. But I do, you know, I work with kids, so I might have invented this memory of kids <laughs> sitting in a circle. So I remember sitting in a circle with you and then quickly realizing, because we were, I don't know what your experience really was, but I did not speak French or understand French before getting into French elementary school and being in kindergarten. We had gone to, I'd gone to pre-K, but it was all in English with this this lady named Mrs. Jenkins. Were you at that? Is that maybe where we met originally? Uh was that at the church yeah. on uh, 14th yeah, Avenue? Yeah, that's probably where we met. That that's would have been what preschool. It so we might have even known each other beforehand. Something special about Chris that was super cool is that when you go to his house, it had this particular amazing smell. <laughs> <laughs> I have this really? Oh, dude, I have this vibrant memory of what your your original parents have <laughs> smelled like. Really? I can't describe wow. it though. I should be able to describe it because I'm good at describing beers, right? Try to be good at describing beers. I, I hear that though. I, I do recall smells of like different friends' houses. Mm. Like and I heard smell is very um uh, very much intertwined with memory, right? So yeah, I do I do remember yeah, different different smells at different friends' houses, but I would yeah. love love going to your house because you had all the the coolest video games. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we would play Street Fighter. I remember that the the old early versions. You also had that the your dad had was really into computers, so you were that kid that had all the the the, the Dooms. I remember playing yeah. Doom at your dad's house in the basement. Just just so much fun for you. I have chosen a very special brew. Now we never really got drunk together or enjoyed beer together it was never really how we connected we were in a band together but it wasn't through uh partying that you and i really connected so i chose uh, a non-alcoholic beer this is a ralbux uh collab with Boagra. now Boagra is a craft beer store in hunsik um the owner of that child got very ill last year and he went to saint justin they saved his life uh because of that they created a beer uh, a charity fundraising beer for them, it had to be non-alcoholic because it was for a hospital. So this is their, uh, they called it St. Justin, just like that. Uh, Berliner Weiss with pineapple, lime, non-alcoholic. That's what I'm drinking. What are you drinking there, Chris? Amazing. I'm drinking some cheap red wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember now, now that I see you with a glass of wine, I remember that at your wedding, it was it, you, you went to the, the vineyards, the famous... California vineyards, which I should remember the name of, but I don't right now. Napa Valley, yeah. So we kind of, we sort of eloped, I guess. We brought our parents and sisters along, but yeah, we didn't want to do the big wedding. So yeah, which probably stems to the fact that you 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 photographed far too many weddings. I photographed many many a wedding, including <laughs> including your own, including my which own, which I was honored to do. <laughs> which I had a, an awesome time, and I was so happy with 
with uh, with the results and the experience. It was it was amazing to. It was like a high school reunion. Yeah, and it. Yeah, no, and it's you know I was trying to really think back, um, you know, to my to my childhood and to hanging out with you, and I just remember like, you know, your family just being so you know wholesome, you know, very kind, very loving. It was just like it was like coming home, going to your house, you know. And um, I'm I'm very lucky to have had you know a lot of a lot of you know friends where, you know, going to their houses, I you know always felt very at home and that was you know very much um very much at the top of my head when i think of you know um growing up with you and uh and your family well thank uh, you yeah Yeah, two mountains is a special place special place and um the corner of my street there was this very cool family called the whites uh shout out to all of them uh and chris is very good friends with them or at least the parents were good friends with them so you would hang out there frequently on the weekends and i would always see you there and i'd be like oh i'm gonna go over and hang out and i would sometimes or sometimes i didn't have the i was a very shy child so if i wasn't invited i wouldn't go but uh i remember seeing you there a lot i was i was a very shy kid too and and yeah if we if we go back to kindergarten uh, you know that's it was the same with me both our parents you know were um unilingual anglophones right and I never spoke a word of French at all. So, um, yeah, I think the fact that we all gravitated towards each other, you know, out of, out of fear, (laughs) (laughs) if anything, you know, just, um, yeah, it could be terrifying, you know, to, to just, you know, not, not know what anyone is talking about. Right. It was a big, you can almost say culture shock, like just, just not knowing anything. And we just gravitated towards each other. We were friends throughout most of elementary school. And then that continued into high school, and that was the same thing. It was like, you know, big fish, small fish in a big pond, you know, where we jump from where we're the yeah. biggest fish into this new pond, and now we are the smallest ones. So so cheers yeah. to you, Chris, and we're going we're gonna to move on to the next evolution. Cheers, man. This is cool. This is a, more of a kombucha vibe. You can definitely smell the lime. It's very refreshing. Hot summer day. 0.5%. St. Justin, that I buck. Walgana, very good. Um... When I went to high school, I very quickly ended up in a group of friends uh, that were very musical, very creative, and uh, Vince was one of the key people of that group. He was uh, always one of the loudest, uh, <laughs> funniest, <laughs> and fun to be around. So, so, so I met Vince in high school. We went to our first shows together. He showed me a lot of the music that I ended up listening to that became a big part of my personality identity. He got into a band singing before I did. Uh, in the last one of these origin stories, uh, Joey Martell said that it was actually Vince that suggested that he get me to sing for his first band. So welcome, Vince, everyone. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. This is uh, really fun. It's it's cool to see everybody here gathered together and uh, happy birthday. I don't see, I, I don't even know your birthday. Like I don't know. I don't know you that well. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's today. I know it's soon. It's you know, not but, today like, though. No, it's no, we're recording uh, this way in advance, but it, it's, I, yeah. I think it would be, I, I enjoyed the thought of doing a birthday episode with the thirsty Thursday gang. And since I only host the first Thursday of each month, I wanted to do it today. So so thank you all for being here, all the Thirsty Thursday. Thursday. Oh, I can't say Thursday today. I say it a lot in episodes, too. Too much <laughs> non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yes, I was at a terrasse before this, though. Uh, so, so, Vince, speaking of beer, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a uh, Ville Paras- Parasol. Mm. 
This is like one of my new favorites. Uh, it's just like delicious double IPA. It's strong. I mostly drink strong beer. Uh, I used to not like drinking beer. I think if there was like, I drank beer fast and hard because I wanted to get drunk. And now I get to drink it smoothly and get just as drunk as if I had two <laughs> beers at the same time. So, and it tastes a lot more delicious than, than the, the stuff that we used to drink when we were in high school, man, we had, we drank bad, bad beer. Like I, I, it was a, always bad. <laughs> we, just, we drank the cheapest beer is what we the did. Cheap, yeah. Cheap beer. Yeah. We, we, we used to drink a lot. We were, we'll say that we were legal for the, the people that are listening. Uh, we, we had a lot of fun doing crazy things, uh, which will, you know, people can ask about a little bit later. Uh, Vince, do, do you remember that first Slipknot concert that we went to go see? That was amazing. That show was like out of this world like slipknot opened i think we 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 went to sleep we went to see them but uh, it was like with machine head and cold chamber i think right it was so good and oh man that show was so badass and i i remember just recently watching a documentary about them and how how huge they got so quickly too and they were destroying like nobody wanted to play with them anymore because they were they were killing it and everything sucked after that. Like Machine Head was cool, but Cold Chamber, like, what was, what was that? Uh, man, but that show was amazing. I don't think that was our first show together. I think Corn was our first show. Did we go show see Corn before that? Yeah, I remember biking with you. Yeah, from LTM on our lunch break. LTM was our high school uh, to get tickets, and it was at the a weird location in the Saint Estache Mall. So it was a bit yeah. of a bike ride, but we had to do uh-huh. it in like so many minutes. Oh man, that's a great memory. <laughs> that's cool. Oh wow, so excited about getting those oh, tickets yeah. and like we thought they were gonna run out, so exactly. we had to be there at exactly. the exact second. So we went at lunchtime and like, oh man, that the corn show because uh, I, I was thinking about it because I was wondering what I was gonna talk about, and I think the corn show was the first one, and that was this huge show as well. Like we discovered Incubus at that show as well, which was a huge uh, that Incubus was a huge influence for both of us. I think like. Huge. A, I, I remember us like being drunk in the streets, singing like Incubus songs as loud as we could, like friggin' idiots. And I was <laughs> I was always jealous because you, you're you you your uh, your range is like a couple notes, like you you got a higher range than I do, and I I could never get those like high notes properly, and you would just like let them out. And I remember like saying stupid comments like, "Oh, <laughs> you didn't do it that good," like. But like you were rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to next, we had Big Metal. I was gonna, I was gonna call you Big Metal James. I'm sorry, James Arsinian, <laughs> Big Metal James. Um, yeah, that's me, bro. <laughs> we grew up um, after I, I left high school. I went to CJEP, and uh, I wasn't, I wasn't a band at first, and then I wasn't, and then Mike Marino picked me up, invited me to be a part of Three Mile Scream. Uh, I interviewed Al. Burbuhakis of uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. We talked about this exact moment. Do you remember that day when we met at that McDonald's? Let me tell you something. I was racking my brain today, like the first time we met, and I couldn't remember, but I'm like, it was probably in a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> we were in a lot of McDonald's together. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of late night McDonald's eating, man. A lot of it. So, yeah, I probably do remember that, that occasion, man. I definitely remember us pulling in, and I was with the Three Mile Scream boys, um, Mike Marino and Alex Dallas. And Alex being himself, I remember him being like, who are these West Island metalheads? 
<laughs> and we went out and we said hi to you and you guys were super nice and it was super funny and we just connected and we, we were friends immediately there and we were all going through the same struggles of trying to break our bands in a in a you know like a budgeting scene because because you know despise had just made it um ion dissonance had just made it uh there you know years before there was cryptopsy cataclysm gore guts Colvatus, all these bands had made it so we were trying to figure out how the hell are we gonna jump on make this happen ourselves and you always seem to have a little bit more of a leg up of knowing what the hell was going on so i was interested in following you a lot yeah i didn't <laughs> i didn't and still don't know what i'm doing ever <laughs> but this it, it all stemmed from just nobody's handing me any opportunities and we come from a scene where like we're talking about like high caliber international acts are jamming right next door mm-hmm. and i all i get to do is listen to them through the wall and see them in yep. and be like mm-hmm. We need one, we need to practice. And two, like nobody's gonna book me with these bands. So we're just gonna put on our own shows and just do it ourselves and and make opportunities for ourselves. And man, we did. We made some opportunities for ourselves, didn't we? We absolutely did. That that those big metal fests were so much fun. The one at Lex, uh Big Metal Fest two, I believe it was, was probably one of the biggest shows I played early on. Just just it was packed. It was sold out basically. Well, think about how that went. That the the whole concept behind that show was like Look, we can get 10 bands, literally 10 local acts to all throw in 50 bucks each and we'll rent this room and do a free show and just invite everybody and put up posters everywhere. Like this is back when people put up posters. We would get like photocopies of the poster with a spray bottle full of evaporated milk and a squeegee and you'd spray spray a glass or, or metal surface slap the poster on it, spray it again, squeegee it, and it's there. It's probably still there. (laughs) (laughs) We put up countless posters and we put on those shows because we wanted to play in front of an actual audience and it worked. It worked, man. Free shows. We're like, yeah, come and hang out with us. Like, you know, we would fill that room, you know, and it was like, oh, this is actually working, you know, and it got all of us a little bit of attention, which is kind of cool, you know. I mean, that was the whole point, right? I mean, look where you're at now, brother. It's thanks to those stages together. Yeah, man. Every every gig, you learn 10, 10 things, basically. <laughs> 10 band practices. Yes, that's a band. We sit all the time. One gig is like 10 band practices. So just gig and gig and gig. You're never, your band is never as good as it is on the last day of tour. That is true. That you is know true. what I mean? Just imagine how much we're going to suck the... when I finally get back on stage. Oh, dude, I'm going <laughs> to cry. I'm, I'm already crying thinking about it. My voice is like toast. It's like it hasn't been used in forever. It's all dried up, shriveled up little prunes in my throat. That's all I've got left. But we're going to dust it off, man. We've got to play some gigs. The end of the, the, end of the apocalypse is upon us. I, I feel it coming. Uh, I also want to talk about with you some favorite memories with you was partying at Foof's. Foofone uh, Nectric is, is basically the CBGBs in Montreal. Uh, we, went, we basically took over a whole section every Friday for about a year two to two a year or two we every friday it was amazing yeah we got we got treated pretty well there we spent a lot of money in that bar but which <laughs> was it wasn't even that much money because everything was so bloody cheap you know what i mean so cheap just drinking you know on wednesdays we'd go sometimes for the like skate punk wednesdays or whatever they set up the half pipe and you'd get two pictures of molson x and they'd come out two different colors but man one of my favorite memories of you is from Fofun electric at the end of the night just you took you, like, at the very end of the night they're clearing out the bar and somebody had puked on a table and you took your hand palm down swiped the puke up and licked it and I was like, what are you doing 
We all know you're crazy. You don't have to show us. I heard you on stage. You don't have to be licking some guys. But it was like, man, I can't even tell you how many years ago that was, and I still remember that. I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. It's disgusting. It happens sometimes, and... and... (laughs) (laughs) Three times. Well, it's definitely happened before with Vince. And the, the, there's, there's been some... some, some I was going to say, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so the, the, James got me at an era right before I really matured a lot and knew what I couldn't do in public anymore. But there are there are lots of me and bodily fluid stories that I'm sure will, will come out tonight. Yes. <laughs> yes. Another thing I have some Vince bodily fluid stories, too. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you three here with me tonight. Uh, Let's turn this over to the Thirsty Thursday gang for questions. No holds barred. If you want to hear about me in high school, wait until Vince comes back. Um, If you want to hear about me (laughs) in elementary school, (laughs) Chris is here. You want to hear about some more amazing bodily fluid stories. Uh, James has those. And if you want to hear about those early gigs, now's the time. Raise your digital hand. Ask a question and I shall call upon you. Philip de Vitesse. I think I'm always the first. <laughs> you are. You are. I feel like you're waiting for me to say it. I love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, my question is, is there a story that other, like, story, like, um, it, it's for James, uh, other stories about Matt that are pretty like this, like, like what I've heard <laughs> just now? <laughs> Then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, James. No, no holds barred. Honestly, there's so many gigs at Fofone. And then when we started, not, not even just hanging out at Fofone, but playing gigs there. I do remember when we started, we were allowed to play in that side room of Fofs. That was, oh, man. That yeah. was one of Three Miles' first big gigs. Yeah. That for was us, a good like, gig, too, man. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> I before. That because there was not even a stage. They just sort of, like, put up some a PA system. Mm-hmm. And man, that was a rocking show. That was like people on the tables and stuff like that. It was a bonkers show. Mm-hmm. And Three Mile oh, did no. the first one, and then you guys did the second one. But I had drank way too much, and I remember sitting outside Foofs, in still in the gated area on that little curb, just vomiting way more than I had to. And luckily, I think the boys from Tantrum took me home that night. But they, went, I think they had to pull over even because I wasn't finished. <laughs> See, <I feel> like- <laughs> That night, I remember specifically because you were vomiting so much. But do you remember they were also making hot dogs upstairs? <laughs> no. Remember this? They would briefly, for a brief, like one summer, they made hot dogs at Fofun and they would sell them out of that area. That's probably and what I did me. You vomiting, but being handed a hot dog. <laughs> and like between puke, I thought at this point, I thought you were puking to make us laugh. <laughs> but it's like you're eating a hot dog and then puking and then eating a little more of the hot dog. <laughs> that was the night <laughs> that your brother that your brother showed me Mike Patton and Dillinger Escape Plan because we had gone to your jam room before the gig. Me and Marino, Mike Marino, and yeah. and and we. <laughs> I remember we started drinking there, and then we, I definitely enjoyed too much vodka because I tried to keep up with Mike Marino probably. You, yeah, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Mike, can you drink those warm Fofun shots of vodka? Just like room temperature, or not even room temperature, like hot shots of vodka. And on his birthday, he would do one for every year old he was. Mm-hmm. 
it's like he's 26 and he's doing 26 shots of vodka, mm-hmm. like warm, gross for fun vodka, and then like washing it down with the beer. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> That's interesting stories. <laughs> this That's is the, the these the stories of us growing up. Evan Welch. Just uh, give me. I need a. I need a second to collect myself uh, after hearing all this shit, uh, and and come up with how I'm going to word this. Uh, go okay. go to Jerry. Yeah. Go to Jerry. Perfect. And Chris. He's ready. Anyway, um, West Coast Jerry. Yeah. So, well, Evan just said it. Speaking of shit, there's got to be a shit story in here. Let's go. <laughs> I feel like I could come up with one of those. Uh, I'm. I, I'm. I need to look a little bit, but like into my mind. But there's definitely a poop story somewhere in there. But uh, I I don't know I I'll, I'll get there. Anybody else got any <laughs> poop stories? That, like... Can't think of any poop stories myself. Uh... Oh come on, Matt's gonna edit it out anyway. I have poop yeah. stories for after those though, but I'm sure I've already told you guys about the 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 hot bagging and sometimes on tour you just gotta go and you can't stop the bus. That that definitely happens. <laughs> do you man? Do you have the no poop on the bus rule? A hundred percent. You have to. Yeah, yeah, you have to. There's no choice. Yeah, so so sometimes it happens, and and you can't stop because it's like a big actually. It's a nightmare of mine that you wake up just as the bus is leaving the the bus stop, the the rest stop, and especially in Europe, they and in America too, but they're more rigid, and they're becoming more rigid now in the states. They have allotted drive times, and the bus seriously won't move. Or this is what they tell us for a certain amount of hours if they've been going for certain, so many hours. So if you miss that slot, they're not stopping for you again. So, And if they do, they're very nice, but they let you know that you're slowing down 25 people. So sometimes you got to shit in a bag and throw it out the window. It happens. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. I've, I, I never thought about that. Maybe, maybe I'm glad that I never got big enough to go on tour. <laughs> the worst part is... is that, uh, I'm so go for it, Chris. Are you writing a book? And second question, can you please write a book? <laughs> the worst part of that story is that someone had told me that if he saved my life, Garrity had told me. I'm sure I've t- said this before on a Thursday Thursday. Garrity saved my life because I was going down the stairs inebriated to go to the bathroom. And it still happens to me sometimes nowadays. I don't know which way I'm going when I have to go to the washroom. And I've been sleeping after drinking a few beers. And uh, I went to open the bus door versus going into the bathroom. And if he's, he claims that I opened the door and I would have walked onto the highway and he saved my life since that day, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, if I'm, I'm really stuck, I could hot bag it and throw it out the door. Cause it will open. So I do the deed immediately. It's horrible. And I'm like going and I sneak and there's only a few people in the front lounge. So I sneak there and I hit the button and the door doesn't open. And I'm like, Oh my God what am I going to do with this bag of shit? <laughs> and then I look at, you know, back up the front to the front lounge and they're sitting there. I can't bring it to the driver's and be like, so I, I'm like, I can't leave it in the bathroom. Like it's going to, it's horrible already. And I look up to the bunk area and I'm like, I, I can't bring it there. So I hit the button again and the door opens and I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. So I throw it out there and Luckily, it didn't hit anyone or anything or a moving car. And hit the button again. The door closes, and I run up to my bunk, and I went back to sleep, and it was amazing. But but sometimes you got to shit in the bag. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. 
<laughs> or the axle of a trailer, which has definitely happened as well. <laughs> that's that's a, a perfect throne. Uh, <laughs> uh, Evan, are, are you more collected? I'm slightly more collected than I am now. Now that you told the, the shit bag story, I'm slightly more collected. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, being that you guys have known Matt for some time, um, what uh, give me each of you give me one of his best qualities and his worst qualities. Perfect. Before that, let me introduce this beer. Uh, this is uh, Brutal North America's uh, collab with Augury and La Patscaire. It's a called the Elusive Golden Ale, and it's a Belgian Golden Ale, and it's delicious. Whoever wants to go first, best and worst qualities. Hmm. I really admire how uh, disciplined you are. I think you're a disciplined person. You might not think so. I don't know. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like discipline is the kind of thing like like you, it's, you're focused on action, you know, and doing things and making sure things get done. And I have, I have a lot of respect for that. And I mean, it, you can a- attest to it with all the successes that you have everywhere. And you just keep going. You keep going, man. You keep going. So that's two qualities, really. So Thank discipline and, and perseverance are like tenacity or like that that's definitely a a quality of yours um i I feel like it's actually a lot easier i could go on with the qualities (laughs) um let's see so your fault uh for a long time i i think this is not really the case so much but you were really like uh you had really low confidence for a long time and that that always like bothered me like and because I was like, come on, dude, like you, you're, you, you got good shit going on, you know? And so I guess, I don't even know if you would say that's a, like a, it's more like maybe a weakness than it would be a, a fault or, or something. But uh, I think that's changed though. I, I feel like the, the discipline and the tenacity and the perseverance, that kind of thing, like when you do that over and over and over for a long time, well, that becomes confidence in a lot of people. And I think now you've, you've gotten it, but I, um, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. I think that's my answer. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much. It's definitely still there, that little voice in the back of my head. Uh, I was very, very lucky to come into the group that we were with in high school, and, and we were so supportive of each other. And we had we were, we were in a good school, and we, we were, it was a small school, because there's high schools out there that have so many kids in it, you know, thousands. And we, our graduating class, were, we were, what, 91 or something? So Not even, like 70, I think. So we were, we came to it was a small school so we 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 had a good group of kids there was obviously we the- were supportive and I mean we had a lot of conversations about confidence and believing in yourself and it was really important like uh, for us to do that and uh, like we had it's been a while that we had conversations like that we usually do actually when together it gets like really deep you know but it's it's always comes down to that like being a like just being able to do it and thinking that hey like I'm good enough. <laughs> I'm happy that I had you there to push me in the right direction at that time. Who knows? Same what I here. Done. Same here. Yeah. Same here. Absolutely. Chris, you want, do you want to take this one? You've, you've always had a, the, a, an enormous heart, a lot of heart and very kind. Um, I, I can't think of any faults to be perfectly honest with you. And we don't, you know, we, we, we haven't kept in touch as much as I, would like either um so i obviously I, I i you know i don't know you very personally right now um but you know all of my memories are just you have a very big heart um you're very kind and um and hard obviously i mean you have a lot going on um you're passionate 
Um, so you've always really, you know, pursued your passions. Um, and I, I've always loved how your parents are your cheerleaders as well, mm -hmm. how supportive your parents were. Every freaking show there, um, it's beautiful. And, you know, you have such great values um, that, you know, obviously come from them as well. Um, and, and yeah, I, I honestly can't think of any fault, even, even growing up. I mean, I, you know, we're, we're all young and silly back then. Right. And, you know, I'm, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I, I but yeah, I, you know, big heart, very kind and, you know, great values and, you know, um, a lot of hard work to get, where you are today. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. But I, we definitely, my parents are right about my parents being extremely supportive. Uh, your dad was too. He lent us that whole PA system in, in our first band. And I think even the first mic that I sang in. So, yeah, I mean, I guess not everyone knows that, but my, my dad was a DJ growing up, did like, at, uh, you know, banquets events and, you know, the, you know, classic 60s, 70s, you know, um, you know, top 40 DJ. Um, and, you know, that's what, got me excited about, you know, music and, you know, everything like that. Um, so, yeah. See, and if I wasn't a new metal child, Chris wouldn't have been in my band because he was the DJ of Nick's Tassel. <laughs> I was, I was telling the story actually today to, to my girlfriend about how Incubus, like they played Idiot Box first at that corn show. And then Chris, you got like the same record that he had yeah. when you guys played that and i was blown yeah. away you know like oh the same oh, samples the same yeah. dj the same samples and i was remember, <laughs> all i wanted was you for you guys to play that song over and over and over again because yeah. i i could hear the the same sounds and like it you ended it the same way you know That's with that, my that, man that throwing down yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man, it's so good yeah. that, that was awesome and you guys were awesome because nobody nobody else had a dj at that time like the, it was starting to be cool but how do you get a DJ? Like, where do you get a DJ? Yeah, it became cool. You no, know, it became a real problem when we started playing downtown. <laughs> and then we yeah. were like the opening band with a DJ. And, and the bands were like, what the fuck is this band doing? <laughs> With a DJ table, it's like they're taking up the whole fucking stage. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> where are we gonna even put this guy? Like, <laughs> it was a real problem. But fucking Fred Durst, dude. <laughs> I cut you off though, Chris. You were gonna say something. No, I, yeah, it was weird that the timing of it all. Um, I feel it kind of all sort of yeah worked out so so well timing wise. Because yeah, I was DJing with Glenn and starting to hang around with you know i mean we knew each other for a long time but then you know i i actually i don't know if you remember um how i i got involved i mean did you ask me i don't even i remember don't remember that. it's going back a long time i do remember that we covered one step closer to the edge yeah. and i feel like did you do the rap parts or did glenn men mentioning glenn oh um, yeah yeah i think it was i think it was glenn was it Glenn or was it you? Or did Glenn take over the DJing and you did the or, vocals? Yeah. Glenn, Glenn might have done some um, some of those. Uh, remember those church basement shows that we'd do? Yes. Yeah. The one at St. Agapit? I think he might have done one of those, but I don't think, or like, you know, in when we're jamming or whatever. But um, No, I remember I specifically remember doing a gig at Big Cafe Campus where we played One Step Closer and I, I'm 
feel like you came out and did the rap parts. <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. 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 I feel like it. <laughs> I remember that as well. And I remember seeing you in a completely different light after that because you no, but because you rocked it, man. And I remember you were like, so into it you know and i'd never seen you that like that you know and you were you were hard you know and you were you were like a little guy that like, you know, and exactly yeah exactly and i remember yeah. being like oh shit chris is the shit <laughs> like you know he knows how to do some cool stuff like not that i didn't before but and then that you guys were doing cool songs at a cool time where like yeah. it was like it was hard to do those covers if you didn't have a dj yeah, that show was yeah the the campus shows were were insane, um, so nerve wracking, mm. unbelievable. It was the end of the band as as we spoke out with Joey in that episode. Yeah, I was just listening to the, your your part one origin story, James. You want to take that question from from Evan, or do you want to go move on? Man, one of my favorite things about you has always been that uh, the the effort you put into your vocals, man. Like you've been you've been since we met each other you were putting a lot of effort to do something different and unique that other singers in the city weren't doing. And I remember watching, I remember sitting in Mark Turner's basement uh, and watching footage from a gig we had played where, you know, you were watching yourself perform and, and you were pointing out to me parts that you weren't satisfied with in your performance <laughs> that like nobody else would have noticed. I mean, I know musicians always do that, but but the next time I watched you play, you had changed those spots. You know what I mean? Like you're always striving to do something better and more and different. And honestly, man, there was it, when it kind of like the news came out that you had joined Cryptopsy. Well, I was like, yeah, of course. Like he could do that and then some. You know what I mean? With clean vocals. Yes. You see what I'm <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be able to bring something like that to the table for a band like Cryptopsy is like that's no small feat. Yeah. You know? And that's I've always admired that about you, man. I think that as a vocalist, I, I admire you a great deal. Like I'm I'm on meat and potatoes yelling to a microphone and telling my face is gonna explode, guy, but you've always been a little more calculated about it, and I and I really appreciate that about you, man. Thank you. And and the second thing I appreciate about you, uh one of my favorite qualities about you is that man, you have gone out of your way, especially with this podcast, to maintain friendships with people like us. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you've had a lot of our, our friends from the past on the, on the podcast and, you know, supporting their, their current endeavors. And I think that's super cool, man. You know, like, you know, when time passes and you lose touch with people, that's a normal part of growing up and becoming an adult and, you know, guys stop playing music or they stop touring or whatever and you lose touch, but you've always made an effort to stay in touch. Even if it's just a quick Facebook message or something, or you're bringing people on the podcast or whatever it is, man, you've always stayed in touch all these years later, like I still feel like when I see you, it's like it, no, no time has passed. I love when that happens. Thank you. Thank you. What a big regret of mine. And this is, we were supposed to play Edmonton. Our bus broke down. We ended up in Calgary. And as we were driving, we were there all night. And as we were driving away the next day, I was like, oh my God, I should have called James. If I had known you would have had a much more fun. <laughs> yes, yes. <we> <laughs> but it only clicked the next day. I was like, no, I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So now one of the things I hate about you. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's get the, here's the ledger. Here's the problem. Like in the same breath that you know how you've had all these wonderful people on the podcast, it's taking this goddamn long to have me on the podcast. <laughs> Unacceptable. 
unacceptable. I'm much more entertaining than all those people. Al from Heartbeat Hot Sauce, get out of here. Come on. I get it. But look, look who's more handsome and more entertaining. Let's be honest. I did play an end-ass song, though, and that made me very happy. You did, man. You. This is, you know, go, now we're back on the side of you, you that I love, where you support your friends. You know? But I, I would be remiss if I didn't give you shit a little bit for waiting this long to have me on the podcast. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, Alberta, Chris. What? Uh, I understand you're a new metal child. Um, when did that take place? Well, first of all, it was kind of a two-part question. Like, where did you grow up exactly? When did the transition take place from new metal child to the extreme metal beast that you are now? And what band would you say, like, really tipped you over the edge? Well, definitely the new metal child is all Vince is doing. <laughs> we can talk about how Vince would bring music to our group of friends, and that's really how everything happened. So, so at first, what, what was those first bands that, and how did you discover music? I think your cousin showed you a lot of stuff, if I remember correctly. Um, so, you know what? There's like a couple of bands like Korn and Rage Against the Machine. I started listening to those bands because I got those CDs from Columbia House, and Mike Parker had those t-shirts of those bands and I thought that guy was the shit. And so I got those CDs and that's, that's how I listened to rage against the machine and corn because that guy had those shirts. That's how it started. But, but I was very enthusiastic about music from forever. Like my dad was really into music. And so like when I discovered music, you had to listen to it. Like you, you had to, you had to check this out and I would show it to you and I would sit you down and yep. you would listen to it. You know, you'd be like, check this out. And then we'd rock out and we listen to again and we'd listen to the lyrics and try to find out what they were like corn. What the fuck was he saying? Like, why is we, he we, crying? Why is yeah, he crying? At the end of this? <laughs> exactly. So funny uh, you mentioned corn actually, because. They were like, I read an interview with them in Guitar World, and they mentioned Morbid Angel was like their inspiration for the seven strings. And that's like what made me check out Morbid Angel. Wow. They were also really into like, like, yeah. like Mike Patton stuff, like, you know, Faith No More and Mr. Bungle and that kind of stuff. But that, that for me and for us, even in the new metal discovery, that came afterwards, like, because we were into corn and uh was manson first though i think manson was first manson yeah i was just about to say that manson was manson blew my mind man i was like 12 13 years old and manson changed my life and i think i because of that uh we had a couple of our friends like casey and stuff and i i 
like I had to show this to to you guys because we all we all kind of grew up in a Christianish. That we were in the Christian class at high yeah. school together. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was called MREC. Like, MREC. I, I don't, it was moral and religious education. Indoctrination. And so Marilyn Manson just he all he's like, you are your own god. Fuck this shit. Think for yourself. Question authority. You know, like all these concepts when you're 13 and and i remember i remember casey wasn't allowed to get the marilyn manson cd what for his birthday we were probably 13th birthday so i got like my money together and i bought him the tape instead of the cd because i could only afford the tape like it was like five or six dollars cheaper you know <laughs> and so i got him the tape and man we listened to we listened to that tape over and over but you were also part of that mm-hmm. marilyn manson group and uh, but i think you were more into like the like I feel like you brought me back into the older stuff because we got into like Antichrist Superstar, but then like the the dope show and all that the earlier like the, Man- the Manson stuff like the first uh, tape that I ever bought was the yeah uh, portrait of American Family yeah you cannot sedate all the things yes. that you hate there you go yeah when I <laughs> I think when I set up my Facebook profile that was the quote that I used. <laughs> <laughs> Can I speak to this new metal phase? Because I met you when you were still in the new metal phase, and he, he, Matt literally had spiky frosted tips. And- yeah, like orange uh, spikes. We yeah, all dyed so our hair together. This is good. We we all dyed our hair together. I had pink hair. You had orange hair. I did. I did many color hairs. I had blue yeah, hair, but, purple but hair, when we, bleached. We all hair. did it together at some point, yeah. and all four of us, we all had like, and it was just the spiky, the spiky. We all had the same haircut. Like it was. The, it was. The, it, I, I was very proud of my spiky. Chino yeah. inspired hair throughout uh, grade 10 and grade 11, which are the final years of high school. Uh, Chris can attest to that, too. Uh, I, I really enjoyed my hair. It was important for me. <laughs> it took me forever. Uh, it, was it was ridiculous. Perfect. Just perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfectly just, executed. <laughs> just, just like it is now. You got perfect hair now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it lives in yeah. a bun for right now. But... Um, mm-hmm. Mike Patton, yeah. the whole thing that led towards me becoming in Three Mile Scream, the whole yeah. transition that that was came from Vince as well. Uh, Vince uh, moved from the new metal stage into Mike Patton, where it's just the vocals are becoming more and more extreme. Uh, Mr. Bungle was very man strange and and different uh, jazz oriented at moments, and that- I feel like at a certain point I I started going backwards. So like I I heard about these bands like Corn and the new metal scene was talking a lot about Faith No More and Mr. Bungle and and some of these like like the first Bungle album these crazy chords like and like you know it was just like so fat and that was the kind of stuff Corn took and so I I was hearing them talk about we went back to Faith No More and I went back like through the new metal journey i went back all the way to zappa and i'm a huge zappa fan you know and it just went backwards and backwards and backwards and where where did all this stuff come from and again like i was always really passionate about it so we we definitely listened to a lot of new stuff and discovered a lot of music together and we like opened up opened up our like and broke our boundaries because we were we we're like new metal snobs for a long time <laughs> you know like corn for life and when when james met me and when i was when i was joining through my scream i only wanted to be mike Patton. that that was that was basically what i was trying to be 
Mike Marino had different visions for the band. He wanted to do like a taproot incubus seven dust type thing because uh, pulse ultra had just gotten signed out of montreal at the time so a lot of bands wanted to go in that direction you know if one band gets signed that means that more will which is not true you be yourself uh, <laughs> have your own sound be have your own identity please uh but that's not you know and i really really wanted to be mike Patton, so that's where james saw me at the, the first few years of three mile but there was like to speak to the question you know ultimately there was a transition here you know what i mean and you know, we all kind of look back at New Metal and we laugh. But but the truth of the matter is that even when you were doing these things and exploring and finding your voice and everything else, there was a passion of what you were doing that was like legit. You know what I mean? And you watch you do it on stage, it's like, oh, like he's doing it like he like he means it. And that's the difference. And then again, being in bands in Montreal and the bands we had to look up to were fucking brutal and technical and I mean, it was a natural progression, even through Mouse Scream, kind of like, you know, there's maybe the in, the intention in the beginning was to have that kind of tap rooting five or whatever, but it, it got progressively heavier. If you listen to the, t- mm-hmm. it gets progressively heavier. And then even after your departure, it continued to get heavier. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> just the bands we were surrounded by, the bands we were looking up to were just, I mean, look at the wealth of talent in Montreal, man. It's like, you can go into Cité de Mille, the, 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 which if you're not familiar with it is a, large building of converted storage spaces that are now rehearsal spaces for bands in Montreal. And I mean, Voivod jams out of their cataclysm, Cryptopsy. I mean, just despise icon, Iron distance, augury, Covatus. I feel like I've just, I don't know if they jammed in there, but I mean, these are the bands we were coming up, looking up to, you know, like how do you not get more brutal when, <laughs> when you're hanging out, you know, with guys like that, you know, it's, it's a natural influence. It rubs off on you. You know what I mean? So to me, in my mind, it makes perfect sense that you transition with these ex- sort of experimental vocals into something um, and, and combined with that passion that I was talking about on stage and you end up where you're at now, where you're like able to apply those things to like just the brutalist fucking band on the planet. You know what I mean? It was a natural evolution, definitely. It was, it, yeah. And, you know, Three Mile just kept getting booked with more and more heavy bands. So yeah. if we want to keep getting gigs and surviving we had to write heavier songs which led to me to want to be more of an extreme vocalist uh it took some time you know the kill switch engage was a big step towards out of new metal for me at least that that and that in flames album come clarity would be another one really i just the melding the the cleans and the harsh vocals in a way that I understood. Kill Switch was a big one. And then I bought Kill from Cannibal Corpse. I don't remember why I bought it, but I bought it. I was still in Three Mile at the time, and something happened, and it spoke to me. George's vocals were just so damn extreme, and but clear and well-delivered. I was on an Endass record once. You were on an Endass record once, man. That was fun. That was one. Of, I think that was the first time I worked with Donaldson. Yeah, yeah, us too. Us too. That was before Chris Donaldson was Chris Donaldson, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like... He charged us almost nothing for that record. It still sounds good. <laughs> Fucking, we got to win on that one. We were there in there early. I was. I knew Chris Donaldson when he was underground. You know. <laughs> Amazing. And he's like now everybody wants a record produced by Chris Donaldson. Why That's wouldn't correct. you want a record produced by him? He's fucking amazing. Do it, people. Go yeah. check out Chris Donaldson. He's amazing. He's the next. Yeah, he is the big thing, not the next big thing. Yeah, he is the big thing. And you know how you know Chris you know Chris Donaldson made it when you're scrolling through your Instagram and he's on like uh, nail the mix and it's like this like professionally shot of him like being brutal and badass and you're like oh Jesus Christ that's so good <laughs> come on like he did a solo for us a guitar solo on that record that like we never could reproduce 
I mean, he did that for Three Mile because we we yeah. lost our lead guitarist as we were recording that second Three yeah. Mile record. We were like, write some like, you know, easy lead stuff that other people could fill in. Not yeah. a human on earth could do it except for him. No, just so good. <laughs> just so good. And a nicer guy you will not find. You know that least. is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> Yeah. So how crazy to think that even after the fact, you guys found your way to each other in this band. You know what I mean? Like, we, I think it, it really stemmed down to that experience because we, I had met Chris before that because he did some drum editing on the first three mile record because JF uh, from Cataclysm who recorded it was just too busy to get the, the drum edits or some, some editing done. So we went to meet him. The, se- the second time I went to the studio was to perform vocals for your record and then we just booked with him for the next one because he was the next big Montreal dude so we just kept going and then because of that record I ended up in Cryptopsy I don't know do Cryptopsy fans know about mythosis and stuff I don't think they do actually man there was there was like twinges of new metal in that too right so much so it's so so interesting to, to see all these dudes who came from that era just making just the heaviest music that you can find right now you know what I mean I love that. I mean, that's like, that's our roots. You know what I mean? Like we listen to those bands and, and yeah, it's fun to laugh at that now and think about Taproot and stuff, but you know, like it brought us to where we're at and I, I'll take it. You know, if, if a band like that can open up doors for you to the world of metal, then why not? The pandemic allowed me and my sabbatical before I started the podcast, I went back and listened to everything like as much as I could, cause I had time. Right. So some of those new metal records are still good. Some. And I still listen to them. I was listening to Hybrid Theory yesterday. I'm not joking. That's a great fucking album. (laughs) Ollie and Nika, sorry. Yeah, I was wondering if, uh, as you guys have uh, grown up together, if you were pranksters, and if you were, what's the worst prank ever pulled on someone? Any and at at any age, maybe even even when you were young, a teen, or on tour, whatever. I'm sure me and Vince have done horrible things to each other, but I, I can't really think of any. I can think of like other stupid things that we did to other people, but not not directly to, I, to us. No, to, yeah. no, like a, we were we were, I think we were all too maybe sensitive in our group to be able to <laughs> prank true. each other. Yeah, you know, maybe, like maybe not each other, but to anyone like as a, a as a little gang pranking someone, just, or, or maybe Matt pranking someone that you remember this happened or whatever. Well, I wasn't always the nicest person, but there, there I won't name names. If he listens to this, he'll he'll definitely know that I'm talking about him. Someone used to get really drunk and pass out places, and, and we we physically moved him. He was on a futon, and we dragged him into a boiler room on the futon and left him there. You go back a minute. Why are you dragging past people into a boiler room, man? Because <laughs> uh, we wanted him to wake up and be so confused of where he yeah. was. It's not the best prank, but... Yeah, that sounds fucking terrible. That's <laughs> such a bad prank. Like, I mean, we, we also drew all over people when they were passed out on the futon. You know, like... It... <laughs> that did happen, but... Yeah. You should just know, you you should not be the first person to pass out at a party on a futon. Who does not draw 
all over somebody who passes out on the exactly. Field. You, I, who there you go. Not do it? There you go. <laughs> Man, I don't remember you pulling any pranks, but Matt, were you there the night that we broke into the golf carts with the McDonald's trays? Yes. See, that was one of those yeah. early, early hangs that yeah. we did. So we we had a late night McDonald's situation where we ate way too much food, which <laughs> I want to do. And, and I finished. I finished everyone's plates always. Yes, always, <laughs> just a savage eater. And I love it. <laughs> We took the trays from McDonald's, the plastic like serving trays, and broke onto a golf course that had a hill in the middle of winter. And the hill was just pure ice. And we would just slide down with those trays on our butts. You know what I mean? But then me being fat and completely out of shape, not being able to get back up the icy hill, like <laughs> my now broken plastic McDonald's tray <laughs> underneath my giant ass. But I couldn't remember if you were there for that. I was. I, I totally I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was too much of a chicken and I didn't go down, but which is a typical thing for Matt too. growing up. I would be the one that would stand and encourage people to do stuff and laugh. Yeah. You should totally slide down this icy hill, James. Nothing <laughs> bad will happen. Vince can attest to me being like that. And, and so can Chris with the band era of Nick's me making people do silly things. <laughs> yeah. Like you're good at saying, Hey, you like drink that. And then be like, yeah. <laughs> but, but like we were all like that. We were all encouraged each other to to, to do really dumb dumbass shit. <laughs> like have puking contests. Yes, because we used oh, to drink man. beer, but we used to drink bad beer, and we used to drink bad beer very, very, very quickly. So much so that we had this this device or a way to drink it, which we called it. What do we call it? Head the rush. head rush. Head yeah. rush. Head rush. So so Simon, our friend Simon, had actually made one out of PV, PVC piping, right? <laughs> and in theory, what it is, and, and it's very rare that I'm drinking a bottle, but the, the description will go very well. This is uh, Brutal North America's collab. This is a beer I chose uh, for James. Uh, the Agonist, since uh, Hometown Boys. And uh, La Ferme Atar, also Hometown Boys. Uh, Jeff from uh, Anonymous back in the day. Uh, 7% ABV brew as my guide delicious um so basically what a head rush was is there was a pvc pipe that would go that would go on the top of the bottle and then there was another another straw that (laughs) that was screwed in and then put down into the bottom of the bottle so when you would drink it the straw would basically just push air pressure and put everything into your gut into your stomach as fast as fast as possible we would do many of these in a row many that's horrible it's like the equivalent of uh, like, what do you call those? It's the equivalent a of shotgun. Um, yeah. a shotgun. Yeah, a shotgun. So like, yeah. you, you put air that goes in, and so it just like. And then I we quickly never learned... wind up in the hospital. Seriously, like I don't think there were any hospital visits. Low percent ABV beers. There, like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We weren't doing that with the uni brews. Thank God. <laughs> Very dangerous. So then we had, we would just end up being sick. That, that that happened a lot. And there's a lot of pictures of us being sick. And back in the day, it wasn't on a camera. It was on a camera. It wasn't on cell phone. So we would go, oh, we always think it's very funny of who's developing these pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Colby and Ian. How's everybody doing tonight? Very good. You're drinking the same beer as me, I saw. Yeah, I just stole yeah. some of that while pouring it, unfortunately. <laughs> wiping it up. But uh, it's kind of, the question I have is for everybody. It's a little bit on the same page as what Chris asked. I was going to ask, like, what were the bands that really got you guys in metal music to start with? And then an extension of that, in a sense, would be uh, what your favorite death or extreme metal band would be right now. I'm curious what James is up to. 
Yeah, for me, like the in the the beginning, the bands that really got me, the bands that maybe want to be in a band were like Pantera. I feel like that that's such a cop out answer, but it's not, man. They're just know, it was so, so it was so you guys, man. man, so good, man, so good, and so good. But being, uh, man, I think about this all the time because my wife uh, grew up in a town where they didn't get the kind of shows we were getting in Montreal. So like I got to very early on as a youngster, I got to see, man, I got to see Napalm Death and today is the day play it for fun for like $8. Wow. It was was amazing. That kind of that. And that was when today's the day had members of Mastodon in it and stuff. And like, man, it was so good. And I was like, my young mind was just like, just immediately exploded. Like, Oh, there's more to this metal thing than kind of like more accessible shit you get on Columbia House, right? Because I remember I got the Great Southern Trend Kill. On, <laughs> yeah, like same here. Yeah. Look, that album scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I got that album because I'm going to get some Pantera. I'm going to discover this band, put that CD on, crank the volume. <laughs> like, yeah. I fucking explode, so man. I jumped, man. It scared the fuck out of me. It was so good. That oh, yeah. great album. Keep so, going, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, by all means, man. I think that's the thing. It's like a lot of bands, a lot of musicians share that that first experience with Pantera. Like, they're just so... And then watching their home videos and stuff like that that they'll put out <laughs> of all their tour shenanigans are like, well, I'm definitely joining a band. Like, yeah. <laughs> no question now. It's happening. You know, and it, was, and it was awesome. So, I mean, being able to see those shows like really opened up a lot of doors for me, like as far as... Um, more extreme metal you know i mean today is the day is to this day one of my favorite bands like they're just nobody's making stuff that sounds like that you know what i mean it's just hate-filled just angry angry music and i and i love it it speaks to me on like a deep level you know what i mean and like napalm death is another one of those bands that like stuck with me this whole time i got to open for them early on as a musician with my old band Inve with al from heartbeat hot sauce and uh, yeah, we got to open for Napalm Death, and I was like, I've made it. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, like Napalm Death is still just Napalm Death. They're still grinding away and doing their thing, and you know, uh, and and they'll play to nobody. They'll play to everybody. They're just put on the same fucking show, you know. And and I love them for that. So, and that uh, that for me, I, that's a direct result of my living in Montreal and having access to those shows because of guys like. Stefan Melul from Brave Concerts International at the time, who was putting on these shows for us at affordable rates and then giving us open, these opening slots to play with these bands that we love. Like, how do you not fall in love with, with the, whole, the whole genre from there? He, he is one of the most important people, BCI in general, whoever was running. Have you had him on this podcast? You I have, have not yet. I should, yeah. Oh, you got to have him on, man. That guy has insight into, into the Montreal scene that, that nobody else had. You know, mm-hmm. he knew I got to give these young bands a stage, you know? Mm-hmm. And look, and, look what happened, and, you know, beneath yeah. the massacre. Yeah. The spies icon. So uh, beyond creation. Yeah. The agonist, just, just nonstop. Just, it's amazing. Totally. And it wouldn't have happened without those opportunities, those, those stages to play. So what do you, and what about, what about now, James? What are you listening to now that excites you the most? Like as far as new stuff goes, uh, man, I'll be honest with you. I, I I don't I don't listen to a lot of new material, and I really should. I really should. Um, but like, I, man, it's my taste is so varied. Like, I've been listening to like I listen to a lot of Gent stuff that's coming out. I like some of that stuff, you know, because they're, again, they're, they're 
you know, like bands like Tesseract and shit like that, they get me going, you know, there's more, there's more going on there. It's still heavy, but there's like, I can put it on while I'm driving and I don't want to kill everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's still heavy. So I love bands like that. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, obviously my own band I'm going to plug right now. I'm fucking, we're writing new stuff. And DOS is writing new stuff. Exus for eyes. My other band has got stuff in the works that I'm into. And we're, again, we're just, you know, we're just trying to make good. We're not reinventing the wheel, man. We're just playing good, heavy, catchy music. You know what I mean? So, uh, man, if it's good and it's heavy and it's catchy, like, I'm in. And it's played, like, like the key to all of it, though, is you have to play it like you mean it. Because, like, I, you know, I love a band like Beneath the Massacre who are, like, super technically proficient. But if it starts to sound too much like a robot, I'm out. You know what I mean? you got to put some meaning into it. So It's got to have a heartbeat. Exactly. Uh, how about you, Vince? What, what what excites you the most going on right now? I'm also really into Tesseract, actually. I'm glad you said that. That's uh, they. I listened to some tech Tesseract today. Uh, I have not listened. I haven't gripped onto anything that I really enjoyed recently so much. Actually, Loathe was the last thing that I really, I really love those guys. Back with the, like, the new metal type of feel, too. And the, uh, I wanted to say that was a great answer, James, by the way. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> like that was I only give awesome. good answers. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why you gotta have him on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh so not much new music, but I'm really I'm finally starting to um enjoy Spotify's because I can now like um discover a lot of new shit all the time and it's super easy. So that like I'm listening to a lot of new music and I don't I haven't hooked on to a lot of things, but I can't even tell you all the new stuff that I listen to. But it's always new, you know, like so imagine, imagine having that back in the day. Right. These, I kids, know, are, these yeah. kids are spoiled. We had to hunt. We had to find and we, we would buy that piece of shit and then we'd listen to it because we bought it. And we were like, this fucking sucks. But I'd still <laughs> listen to it, such as um, three dollar bill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I a great really album. I it. like that album. Oh, I, I love that album too. I love it. It's badass. <laughs> it's the best one of them. But but I I remember having it and being like, oh, I don't like this really, but I'm gonna listen to it because I bought it. <laughs> 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 Nowadays, kids get away with stuff. They get it all. Uh, for myself, there's Dune, of course. Except the the U is a V. Uh, we've been talking about that a lot on these things. Cherry uh, Monk, Metal Architect. Um, killing, killing with the the recommendations as usual. Uh, I also one of my favorite bands just dropped a new record. It's a little bit too zen for my likings, but it's it's really evil. Uh, Amen Raw. That new record is is very fucking dark and good. Very, very good. And I think that those would be the two that I'm really into. Chris, what extreme music are you listening to? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it's funny for us because we all know that I was never really into a lot of uh, a lot of um, metal. Um, I was into a lot of hip hop. Um, I've been listening to a bit of everything these days. Getting into like older stuff that we used to listen to as well, like older Incubus and things like that lately, and getting into that, getting back into that. But yeah, I can't say I've been into anything. Uh, I never, I never got into uh, into metal and. Uh, anything heavier than what we were in the new tool. Um, it's, it's about as, as heavy as I, as I get really, but really like in the new tool album. So awesome. Yeah. album, yeah. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Uh, we got two more questions. We're going to wrap this up. Go for Ollie and Nika. I'm sorry. Rude. I, I wanted, I, I just wanted to know if your friends really know you well 
And uh, I wanted to ask them, what is Matt's best hangover cure? <laughs> Drinking your beer. That's Drinking always beer. his last question. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I think it was you, Matt, that actually taught me you just have to keep drinking. That's just the, <laughs> stop drinking. That's and then you're good to go. You know, there's no worry about hangover ever. It just never comes. Just I've learned with age that, that you're just delaying it, and it gets far worse. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Vince, you want to talk about hangover cures? I'm I'm trying real hard to think about what your hangover cure would be, and I feel like we're hungover together in the mornings often for. Uh, a while but uh no i can't really think of uh what you're i don't know if this was a sorry matt sorry vince uh, no go for it i'm done i i don't have anything to add to the, the I, I it's a good question it, but I, i'm not sure no. i don't know if it was a cure but i remember matt you um eating like probably several day old pizza one morning <laughs> but that is a good one i was like oh i don't know how long that's been there the folks have been out all weekend and that's probably been from friday and it's sunday <laughs> that does work that one that is, but it has to be several days old. <laughs> after party king evan welch wrap this one up uh so this was actually a question that we did back uh this was probably a couple months ago at the thirsty thursdays you weren't here matt but uh we everybody made a band and they picked their members <laughs> And they pick their name and genre. So I'm going to ask you four, if you started a band, what's the name and what's the genre? The four of us together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Wait, wait, wait. Who's the singer in the band? We're, we're all singers. <laughs> He's a DJ. He's a DJ and we're three singers. Okay. You can play drums too, though. For sure. <laughs> but you can, Vince can play drums too, though. So. Oh, Perfect. I can, I could definitely like hold a bass and play it. I, I can manage myself on <laughs> and a guitar. I, I can play like pretty good rhythm on an acoustic guitar. And I can play guitar too. So yeah. well, we're getting somewhere. I can, I can rapidly slap my belly and it makes a sort of music. It doesn't make any kind of musical sound, but I can do that. Yeah, I'll just sweet. slap my belly. Dude, I can do that too. <laughs> wait, wait, we, wait, can, wait. we can do it together. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being here tonight. This was really amazing. Uh, we're going to keep hanging out, but not with you guys listening. So, so everybody that is here, unmute yourself. Make some noise for 25 years of my life of friendships right here. I'm really grateful. Christopher Flint, Vincent Barnucci, James Arsenian. <laughs> thank you guys so, so much. I really appreciate it. Cheers, everyone. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an epic, super fun hang. It is so much fun to connect with my childhood friends, friends that I've had for many, many years with the Thirsty Thursday gang. Uh, it got wild after this. A few more stories came out, things that uh, I am happy were not recorded Funny stories. Uh, you had to be there. Uh, mad, mad love and huge thanks to Christopher Flint, Vince Bardanucci and James Arsinian for taking the time to hang out with me and answering all the questions from the Thirsty Thursday gang. I really, really appreciate that you guys did this for me.
If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week containing all of the details of everything that has happened throughout the past week in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. So do me a favor, sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list because there's just so much going on, I would hate for you to miss a single thing. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming up tomorrow, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.